Hey, this is Heath Padgett, and welcome to the RV Entrepreneur Podcast, episode 33. The RV Entrepreneur Podcast is a weekly show where I interview nomadic entrepreneurs who are running a remote business while traveling full-time. And today on the show, I'm interviewing Marie from ArdentCamper.com, who runs Allies Creative and travels full-time with her husband, Josh, in their 2002 Fleetwood Motorhome. Marie is a professional copywriter who works with nonprofits, small businesses, and solo entrepreneurs to help them tell better stories. Today on the podcast, we talk about figuring out the balance of building, the importance of figuring out the balance of building up a business while you're RVing. So what does that look like when you're out in your RV, you're traveling, or you're traveling around the world, and, and you're figuring out how do you go explore these really awesome places? and also work on you know growing this business that you care so much about. It's a huge struggle both for Marie and I. It's not something I've talked about a ton on the podcast, uh, so it was cool to dig into that. How she got started as a writer and found her first few clients for her business and how to tell a better story and more personable story on your website, how to get people to relate to you as soon as they come on your website. If nothing else, I think this this episode would be valuable if you just listen to that portion of the podcast. And before we get into today's show, I have a really cool announcement that I'm excited to make. And this isn't something that Alyssa and I planned. It's kind of a last minute thing that we're going to be putting together. Uh, but we asked our Facebook group at Make Money in RV, how can we improve this community? These people who want to travel, who have this desire to build this business. And overwhelmingly, we had we had one person submit, you should host an RV Entrepreneur Summit. And I was like, oh, that sounds really cool. And then it got 60 to 70 upvotes of people who said, overwhelmingly, this is what we want from you. And and I said, okay. And so we, we, we started thinking about this and we kind of put on the back burner. We're like, okay, you know, at some point we'll get around to doing this. And it just kind of started swirling around in the, in the back of our head. And we kind of thinking, why not? And so we just announced that we're going to be hosting our very first RV Entrepreneur Summit coming up in February of 2017. So if you're listening to this and it's not yet February, past February of 2017, we would love to have you be a part of our first RV Entrepreneur Summit. We're going to be hosting it in Austin, Texas. It's going to be mid to late February. We're still working on lining up a venue, uh, but we've secured several of the speakers. And the whole purpose of this meetup, uh, we're looking at bringing together 30 to 50 RVs. But if you don't have your RV, there'll, there'll be cabins nearby that you can stay at you can come to the sessions it'll be over a weekend and the whole purpose is to facilitate community of people who are listening to this podcast people who have the desire to build a business that they can take on the road go travel anywhere so if you've been enjoying these episodes and you consider yourself part like-minded of someone like me or other people you've heard on this podcast I would love to have you be a part of this, our first RV Entrepreneur Summit. We're going to have to cut it off at, at 50 rigs or 50 uh, groups of people, couples, whatever. Uh, we're still figuring out a lot of the details. But if you're interested, uh, shoot me an email, heath at campgroundbooking.com. I'd love to hear from you and, and give you more details about the event. But you should be able to find more information on our website by the time this episode is live. You go to our website and just look on the sidebar. You'll see more information about the RV Entrepreneur Summit. So without further ado, let's get into today's episode with Marie. Recording. All right, today I'm interviewing Marie from ArdentCamper.com who runs Owl Eyes Creative and travels full-time with her husband Josh in their 2002 Fleetwood Motorhome. I don't know why I said that weird. Owl Eyes Creative is a small agency run by Marie and her business partner Jesse that helps nonprofits, educational institutions, and business owners tell powerful stories. Marie and Josh have been on the road full-time since mid-2014. Thank you so much for being on the show with me today, Marie. My pleasure. So I, I know we just talked about this on the show and you guys are in the transition of actually renaming your business, which totally threw, would have thrown off my intro. So I appreciate you letting me use that. Thank you. 
I'm, I'm, I'm pumped to talk to you today for several reasons, one of which your fellow redhead, just nice. We probably have a lot of commonalities in just childhood and things like that growing up. But the other one is because you guys have now been on the road a couple of years full time doing your own business. Josh has been doing development. You've been doing copywriting. We're going to dig into that in a minute. But at the moment, uh, you're considering buying a house, potentially, at least to settle down in part. And I know that's something you haven't even told like your audience or probably some of your friends. But I thought it would be good for us to kick off today with just a real conversation on the podcast about some of the bigger challenges of running and operating a business while on the road. And just be real about that because we had a, a call a few days ago and you're like, I don't know, should I bring this up? You're interviewing me about how awesome it is to like run a business and be on the road in a pot, you know, like <laughs> and do all these amazing things. And it is amazing, but it's also a natural thing that people go out and RV and they travel around the country for maybe a year, maybe two. Um, and that's still an experience that most people never get to have. Uh, so can you talk to me a little bit about where you guys are at right now in your lives and in your business? Yeah, for sure. Sort of two separate sides, but they're intertwined, of course. So, um, the business has really been kicking off this year, and that is largely because this is the first year that both Jesse, my business partner, and myself are full-time with it. We started the business actually in 2010, so it's been going for a long time, but it's gone through a lot of growth really recently, and that has been um, something that's necessitated me spending a lot of time and energy you know, focusing on that. And it really is true. I think that the more you can give to something like a business, the more you can see it grow because that's certainly what's happened with us this year. Yeah. So that's one side of things. And the other side of things is that so because um, that, that has been taking off and that's part of the reason why you guys were thinking about this transition or. Yeah. So all that's to say that we have I'm dedicating more hours definitely to the business and we have big plans for it. And there are parts of being on the road that can make it a little challenging. So the other part of this is that Josh is also transitioning. He's had his own business and is now also working as an employee and he's working more hours. So in order to sort of make sure that we can, you know, plan where we're staying and, have good internet and all the things that are considerations with the RV lifestyle, plus like, you know, learning a new grocery store layout and finding a laundromat that isn't skeevy and <laughs> all the things that kind of like people don't think about as part of um, as part of full timing, especially if you move a lot, which we kind of do um, that there was sort of this clash building up, you know, and that like there was this tension between between the hours I needed to be working and the hours I needed to dedicate just to our daily lives to make sure that we, you know, had clean underwear. <laughs> so, yeah. yeah. So, um, I, I definitely want to preface all this by saying that I don't believe it's impossible at all. I mean, you have so many case studies already collected on this podcast of people who are totally doing it and making it work and we're not stopping our being either. Um, but we felt like it would be nice that like when the business or when Josh's work got really, you know, busy, that we would have a place that we knew we could come back to where we knew we had good internet and we knew that we, um, you know, had a place where the dog could be comfortable and where we could be comfortable and just kind of like chill out for a while. And I think that's totally possible to do with like monthly spots, but um, the solution for us, we're thinking at this point, looks like finding an actual home base that we actually own and, um, you know, have that as sort of a place to come back to when we need to really focus in on the business. 
Yeah, that, I mean, that makes a lot of sense. And I totally get that. And and so from just the time that we've been on the road now, almost three years, it's been interesting to kind of see the ebb and flow of RVers. And I would say that it's mostly been trending up, you know, so many people wanting to hit the road in an RV or a tiny house or a little trailer or whatever. Um, but then again, like you meet friends, uh, you know, like we were friends with the snowmads and they bought like an apartment not that long ago. And so you see, you see some of these other, you know, some of these RVers and friends that you have like leaving the lifestyle. And, and at first it was like a part of me was like twinging. I was like, oh man, I'm sad for them. But then again, it's like, no, that's the totally the wrong mentality. The right mentality is like, uh, there's always going to be seasons of life. And, you know, you guys have been fortunate to have, be able to have not only the freedom of running your own business, but also the fact that you've been able to go out and travel around the country. And how many states have you guys been to the past couple of years? Um, I think we're at like 11 or 12. We go, we travel a lot, but we travel kind of slow and we've just hit the West. Um, but, oh, and two provinces in Canada. But um, and you guys I did the road to Alaska like last summer yes, too. Yeah, we did. <laughs> We were um, crazy people and did that our first year of RVing. <laughs> um, but I think, too, it's a matter of, for us, what's a priority? You know, I mean, when when we are in an amazing new place, but have our nose to the grindstone, and yet because of whatever, you know, we're, we know we got to leave in two weeks. So we feel like, okay, well, we only have this one weekend to see this place you feel like you can't sometimes be fully present the way you want to be, you know, in a place. And I think what this will do for us and what we're hoping it will do for us, this transition is allow us to be more intentional about RV travel as travel instead of just sort of this changing view out of our windows, which we only sometimes really get to like explore and really delve into. And be able to feel like it's okay to step away from work right now because we've planned it and, you know, it's okay if we take a Thursday and Friday and go hike or, you know, go see whatever there is to see in this place. And, um, and I think it'll actually be a, a good switch for us to be able to actually do what we really intended to do when we first launched this journey, which was see the country. Do you guys feel like when you have been out on the road and, and driving around the past couple of years in your RV and working that it's been just an unfair amount of balance on building the business portion of what you're doing versus the travels or, I mean, I'm sure you still got to see a lot, but. Um, I would say last year, both of us really focused on where we were. It was our first full year. We started um, around Thanksgiving weekend of 2014 so, um, yeah, going to Alaska seems like one of those once in a lifetime experiences. We wanted to be there. We wanted to enjoy it. And I mean, we were still working hard the whole time, definitely. And we made progress in our business and we definitely grew our business. But the difference with this year, and we've actually put about half the number of miles in our RV this year as we did last year, um, the difference in the growth of the business has been really stunning. So I think for us, this is sort of um, a lesson in the benefits of slow travel. If travel is something that can burn you out of other things that are going on simultaneously, like for instance, running a business. So um, I think it's possible to achieve this kind of balance. Um, we even probably could achieve this balance if we just maybe had three or four different places we stayed in a year and we bounced between those. But, um, yeah, we're just kind of ready to, to find a place and find, um, 
you know, make more friends and see see a place in more depth and start to put down roots while also still sort of floating free. I mean, I'm I'm actually on the phone here in the Texas panhandle. So the idea of tumbleweed sort of comes to mind. (laughs) I think it's inherent for us. No, I, I love, uh, I mean, I appreciate you just being open about this because, um, I would say that almost every other person I've had on this podcast and not that anybody was not being transparent about it. I don't think that at all. Um, I tend to be very much the rah, rah person that's like buy an RV and go out and travel the country because it's really freaking cool. And you should totally build a business from anywhere. You know, that's I, and I believe that and I love it and I live it. Um, but I'm also the guy that, uh, is working, you know, significant portions of the day while I'm in the Tetons and knowing that, I don't know. I I do work a lot. And so there's that component to it as well. And a big a struggle for me this year was uh, just that, like we traveled a lot. We put 13,000 miles on our RV this year. We went mm. from Texas to North Alabama, did the Smokies in East Tennessee, drove back to Texas, did like the Hot Springs National Park, went down to Mexico, drove all the way up to uh, Banff and Jasper in Canada. And then we went all the way down the West Coast um, doing like all these different national parks. And so it's just like stupid amounts of travel. And during our first year on the road, travel was helping push us towards our goals. Like we were doing hourly America documentary where I worked a job in every state. And it was like each day we drove across the state line felt like a day I was getting closer to my goal. And, uh, you know, so it was like travel was enabling me, it was pushing me. And then this year, while we were traveling so much, I was trying to get my the RV Entrepreneur ebook out, we were trying to ship out our documentary for make it available for online streaming, both of both of which we've done. And it was like travel almost felt like it was holding me back a little bit. And I don't know if it was necessarily as much just travel in and of itself, but it was it was the pace of at which we were traveling. So I don't think the solution for for us at this point is is to stop traveling is just to be more conscious of how we're spending our time on the road. And I think anybody who has been traveling for longer periods of time, like Shri and Chris, who I've had on the show from Technomadia, who've been doing it 10 years, or John and Peter from the RV Geeks, they would they would say, you know, like the biggest advice I could give is to slow down, you know, like you've got time. So I think that would be yes. my my flow of thoughts from what, from what we just talked about. <laughs> yeah, well, and I think that's an important distinction too, is there's so many different kinds of businesses you can run from the road. And if your goals are aligned with travel, and if travel's a part of that, like if you're going to trade shows, or if you are seeking clients who are in different towns, or whatever the case may be, or in your case, you know, filming your documentary and making sure that you hit all 50 states, that you're absolutely right that that is that is necessary and it's exciting and it doesn't feel like it could ever be adverse to your larger business goals. It's I think when you have a remote job that you could really do from anywhere, um, that that's when maybe that tension could be more likely to come into play. And you're totally right. Slow travel is so the answer. I wish I could have told myself like year (laughs) one that and I don't want to say that we've burned out because we haven't, because we're definitely going to keep the RV and we're definitely going to keep traveling and we love it. But, um, I think for us, this is a type of slow travel and that having a home base to kind of come to every now and then or launch adventures out of, I mean, 
really, in a lot of ways, that's no different necessarily from just, you know, booking a few months at a park somewhere. It's just, you know, you know how the water works and you can maybe <laughs> rent it out on Airbnb when you're not there. So. Totally. Yeah. Hit up, uh, do, uh, you can check out RV share or outdoorsy. If anyone's listening to this, that's peer to peer RV rental. So if you're thinking about doing, uh, just a test RV road trip, you should definitely hit up one of those places. So when you guys were thinking of hitting the road in 2014, what was it that you wanted to get out of it? And I want to dig into more of your business and what you guys do, but what was it that you hope to get out of traveling the RV? What was kind of the factor that pushed you guys into it? Um, a lot of things. So I had been in Houston, Texas for 10 years at that point. It's, what I, and... it's my home. I like to call it the armpit of Texas with giant mosquitoes that like to suck your blood. Keep going. You know, <laughs> I might be a little kinder. Um, honestly, I like Houston a lot. Um, I think it's a great city with a great personality. If you We're can just handle devil's the traffic advocate on the show, yeah. Go if ahead. you can handle the traffic, I mean, the Tex-Mex will reward you. It is definitely mm. worth it. No argument um, there. <laughs> and I miss that probably the most about Houston. But um, you know, I was ready for for something new, and also I had really developed a love of hiking. Um, with my business partner that can kind of be a segue here in a minute, maybe, but, um, we probably hit up every state park within five to seven hours drive of Houston. And it was getting a little ridiculous. <laughs> There's like not a ton of opportunities around Houston. Um, and so for me, I just really desperately wanted that in my life. And I was realizing that that was actually a really big part of my personal well-being is having access to lots of outdoor activities, specifically hiking. Um, Josh also has always loved travel. And um, it just seemed like because he had started his own business actually as well in 2013 and was working from home. And then 2013 is also when I switched to the business full time. And we had this realization that if we could be doing this from anywhere, why are we sitting here in our really hot house <laughs> in Houston where we like it, but there's so much else to see. And um, that's really sort of the th the question that led to it. We ended up um, meeting up with some other RVers who um, I had sort of known tangentially through social media they were very gracious. This is um, Brittany and Eric Highland of awesome. um, RV Wonderlust. Yeah, and that's, they... we're actually parked next to them in San Marcos Excellent. at the moment. Yeah, <laughs> at a pecan RV Riverside and cabins. Hopefully I said that right, so I'll give them a shout out. But yeah, anyway, they're great. Yes, yes. And we actually stayed there with them too at one point. But um, they they were gracious and they we went out to dinner. They showed us their home, their RV home. And we you know had dinner and asked a thousand questions. They answered a thousand <laughs> questions. And, you know, even though we didn't really quite absorb everything, because <laughs> it was a lot to take in, we drove. I remember we were in Galveston, actually, when we went to see them. And I re we remember driving over the bridge and Josh saying, we can do this. And um, really from then, it was just a matter of a few months. We put our house on the market. It sold. We sold 90% of our stuff. Um, we do have a storage unit. I will admit <laughs> we're not like the most hardcore RVers, <laughs> yeah. but, um, and it just was that like, why not, you know, and, and we're young and we can do this and we have our own businesses and what is holding us back? Literally nothing is holding us back. So, um, there was a great sense of adventure and excitement at that point, which we still have definitely. Yeah. And what would you like looking at the past couple of years being on the road and running your business, if you could give a snapshot of just, 
you know, the coolest things that you've done. And Alyssa and I have asked each other, each other this question lately, like, what is something cool that we've, you know, like, what is our coolest if we were just like proud of it, like telling our kids. So if you could rattle off a few things that you've done the past couple of years, like drove the Alaskan highway, like what would they be? The Alcan was quite the experience. Um, <laughs> yeah, no, Alaska was incredible. Um, every moment was totally just staggeringly incredible. I had never imagined that such a place could exist and that I could be in it for a time. And that was amazing. Probably the two best memories from Alaska specifically were um, hiking on uh, Kennecott Glacier in um, Wrangell St. Elias. Is that where, if you, if you go to artincamper.com, is that the video that's playing of you guys? Yes. <laughs> I love it. It, it looks that's, sick. It was awesome. We were so cold at that point, but it was so <laughs> worth it. Um, just an unearthly experience. And also um, doing a boat tour of Kenai Fjords National Park was mm. amazing. Um, actually, Josh's parents came up to visit us at that point. So there were four of us and three out of the four of us did get sick and yet still claim that that was one of the best days of our lives, if that wow. can give you a picture of how extraordinary that was. Um, but I mean, I, I, yeah, this has been an amazing experience. I've been to states that I honestly probably could not have found on a map um, <laughs> before and and definitively sort of known what their culture was like or, um, or, you know, what it was like to live there. And I think that's one of the most exciting things about RVing is that it has been an opportunity to to see how different and yet the same, you know, everything is and that people just are fantastic everywhere. I mean, we've had a few negative experiences with people and they are so overshadowed by just all of the gracious, wonderful people we've met. Um, just interesting store owners and RV park owners and other RVers. Um, probably one of my very favorite memories ever was um, this past winter when we were um, just outside of Quartzsite boondocking with some very dear friends and it was Josh's birthday and we lit these like hot air balloon candle floating things. And it was just like the most insane. I felt like I'm, I was in a movie or something like, does this really happen to people in real life? <laughs> like those, those like pinch yourself moments. And, and it, some of it's about the place and some of it's about the people and the best is probably when it's both. <laughs> I love that. And it's, it's kind of nice to hear some of those experiences too, you know, because we started off talking about, the potential slowdown of the travel, but, but it's not for lack of all the amazing experiences that you guys have had. Uh, let's talk about, you know, shift and talk, kind of talk about your business. So you guys do grant writing, copywriting, uh, for different nonprofits, educational institutions, and small businesses. So talk to me about the work that you guys do while you're out on the road. So what does this actually look like grant writing and copywriting? Yeah. So we sort of have two branches of what we do. And one side is the services that we provide and the other is the teaching that we provide. So um, we're sort of shifting focus because I think a lot of people have questions about what copywriting even is and what professional writing is. And there's so many different types of professional writing that we're sort of starting to lump things under messaging and messaging strategy. And that's something that can really pertain to all of our clients. But um, I come from a nonprofit grant writing background. Jesse actually comes from an education and marketing background. And so it was this 
really nice symbiosis of our two skills also with the fact that we both just are crazy about writing like to a sort of maybe unhealthy <laughs> extent that we love it um and I've always wanted to write for a living and I've been very fortunate that every job I've ever had and then also my own business has been I mean writing has been in my job title at some in some form or fashion and that's like my dream it's probably some people's nightmare <laughs> I would make a terrible like engineer or <laughs> any number of other things, but this is, this is my calling. And, um, so what we do is we help, um, small businesses, small business owners, entrepreneurs, nonprofits, particularly more established nonprofits, um, educational facilities, like you said, educational institutions of higher learning typically, and, um, some hospitals, with their messaging and it's all different for each one of them. And so a lot of what we do is listening to who they are and sitting on calls with them. So a day in the life might be um, getting on a call and talking through what are their current struggles and what are their current projects and where do they want to go from there. So we have some, you know, long-term relationships with some clients that have been, um, we've been working with them over the course of a number of years. And then a lot of our, particularly the smaller entrepreneurs and small businesses, um, we tend to catch a lot of them when they're sort of in a rebrand or when they are really just launching their business and they need a website that doesn't sound like, you know, just everybody else's website and they want copy that sounds like them and they want copy that is strategic and purposeful. So we help them with that and, um, it's, you know, it goes beyond their website. It goes into their whole online presence, which would include, um, their email, even like email sequence strategy, um, you know, how to, how to talk with, like through all of these messaging tools that we have at our disposal as, as entrepreneurs. And that it's really this amazing asset that each of us has, um, whether we're a nonprofit or a small business owner or whatever the case may be. And in a lot of cases, it's free, you know, it's just, we have to tap into it and we have to make it a priority. And for those who aren't quite sure how to step into that, um, we help them. Yeah, no, that, that makes a lot of sense. And for people that are listening, cause it, there's probably a lot of people who I, I think writing is, it's one of the more flexible, most flexible jobs if you can do it well and have enough clients that you can build up. And I want to talk more about clients in a minute, but walking through just like a case study of why this can be valuable and how it can be valuable for clients, um, you know, just for example, like campground booking, the startup that I've mentioned that we're launching uh, right now. So just if we were to take this, for example, like we're trying to reach RV park owners. So like, what would you recommend we do in these early stages? Like if you were working and I'm not trying to get a free consultation, but trying to just, <laughs> just <laughs> display like, you know, like what are some of the things that you would ask questions of a business or a brand, you know, like um, in these early stages, if somebody was trying to, you know, replicate what you guys were doing and start a client business of their own. Sure. Well, I mean, a lot of it is really relationship based. And so part of that relationship is between myself and my clients um, or a hypothetical you and your, you know, whoever, you know, whoever is interested in this. But um, so that's the first step. And like I said, listening. But the other thing is to find out what is the relationship between um, the client and their clients or their customers. So 
Um, Jesse and I don't really believe in the whole idea of an ideal client as it's often referred to or an ideal customer that we feel that there are sort of different tiers of people who everyone serves in their businesses. And so um, identifying sort of who, who those people are, who it is that you want to serve putting that into very clear terms. And um, it's okay if it's kind of broad, you know, because some of those people really are just great contacts. They may never be a customer, but they, they're still someone who is valuable to have a relationship with, for instance. Um, so all of that's important. Uh, another thing is really just figuring out what is your mission? What is, what is it that you envision yourself doing? How do you have a secret special sauce that no one else has and, or, you know, that is really add something to the industry. You're going to add something to your customer clients' lives and then articulating that. Um, the other question that we really encourage our clients to think about is the so what. So you might have um, a list of features, for instance, for the booking, but the real question is going to be, okay, so what? So why why do you have this particular feature here? Um, and, and what does that do? How does that change their life? How does that change their business? And those are all just like great questions because the idea behind all of this is to have somebody who's a good fit for you, but who has never heard of you, be able to read a piece of messaging from you and to be able to walk away being convinced that this is the route, the route I need to take. All my questions have been answered. I feel confident about who this person is or who this business is and what they can do. And, you know, just like feeling really good about it, feeling like I already know them. I feel like, you know, all these great feelings of like certainty. And that's what is so important to convey. And so that's what we help, um, you know, dig into. So, yeah, just those questions like what's your mission? What's your voice? Who are you serving? Why does it matter? I love that. And I can I can talk after applying to different jobs across America and every state and sending out hundreds of calls and emails to different companies and researching all these different businesses that I had to go through this process of who was my most ideal, maybe not the perfect customer, but who was my most ideal person that was a small business who would be willing to hire this random videographer, documentarian guy to come in and work for a day at my business. And so towards the end of our trip, one of my favorite stories is that we found a website called uh, is a small business in Gainesville, Florida called New Scooters for Less. And I found their business and I started looking on their website and the owner had like this picture of him from like 11 years ago when they started the business and it looked like a Backstreet Boys throwback photo. But he like <laughs> commented on top of it saying like, I know it looks like a Backstreet Boys photo. So I'm like, this guy seems funny. Um, and then he had their 11 core values listed on their website and like value number one was super, was serious. Like the, we provide the ultimate customer experience and value number 11 was if you're late, bring donuts. And I'm like, man, these guys sound awesome. I just want to work for them. I want to hang out with them. And, uh, you know, I would say that that would be a pretty effective website because I called them up. I got the job. We had an amazing time. We were late and we brought donuts and, um, <laughs> Now we're still friends to this day. And it was all because yeah. of essentially creatively crafting uh, their messaging of, of who they are. And it sounds so much easier said than done. Well, it's true. Um, you know, personality is everything. And 
that is something that I think we all have kind of beaten out of us when we're just learning to write formally or in business settings. I mean, I was an English major in college and I was pretty proud of my of my essays, if I do say so myself. <laughs> and now I go back and read them and it sounds like a robot wrote it. It's horrible. And I mean, maybe the content is great or the ideas are great. You know, for some reason I didn't flunk out of school. So, I mean, it was good enough anyway. But at this point, it's not the appropriate kind of writing that all of us necessarily need to use in our business. And if that is appropriate, it's probably because that's the audience you're talking to. So that's a lot of it too, is figuring out like how much personality can I get away with, you know, and yeah. for something like selling scooters with people that is totally relationship based. In a college but, town. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. But if, if it's something like, um, you're providing, you know, academic counseling for, um, administrators in public school districts, well then, yeah, it probably, you probably need to tone down a little bit and like that there's ways to bring your personality in, in a way that is still totally professional. So that's a lot of, the listening that we do, but honestly, people can do this themselves. They can, um, you know, they can record themselves talking just naturally and just find out like, what are some of the words and phrases that you use regularly that are just a part of your vernacular that can be put into your writing. And that's a way to totally like make it sound like you and still sound professional and like just taking it easy on words that are like, you know, use as many contractions as you can and things like that where like it doesn't really change how professional you are and how capable you are, but it does make you sound like a real human person that people actually want to work with. Yeah. I love that. And that was like, like I said, one of the key things I would look for when finding businesses, like, does it sound like as a real person is writing this? Because if not, like it's hard to relate and you know, mm -hmm. yeah. Yeah. And for some reason, and as weird as it sounds, I feel like RVing has helped me not be as formal in all, like all these different types of business situations. Like I'm doing, you know, these interviews over video or, uh, you know, I'm talking on my website or even going to like conferences or whatever. And it's just like, I live in RV. This is who I am. And sometimes I don't change my shirt for two days, but, <laughs> uh, you know, this is, it doesn't mean that I'm not, I can't provide value in these different areas. But anyway, let's talk about sure. how you guys started this business so take me back to the beginning how did you go from no clients to one client and like what was that process like yeah um okay so we started like i said in 2010 in july of 2010 it's all coming back i'm trying to remember who <laughs> even was our first client um so we started off really with a more editing and writing focus so a lot of our early clients, this was sort of, if you'll recall the days of the recession, um, people were out of jobs a lot. And so one of the services that we did a lot of was ed um, editing of resumes. Mm. And so were you, did you guys just partner up and, and y'all were friends and you're like, hey, let's start a business together doing doing writing or? Yeah. So there was, that was, that was <laughs> the much grand it. strategy. <laughs> <laughs> It's kind of like horrifying actually now to realize like how badly that could have gone if it had been anyone else possibly. But um, it turns out that um, just out of sheer luck, Jesse and I ended up being not only great friends and hiking and camping buddies, but also really compatible business partners. So um, that has been an amazing boon to our business, to be honest, that we haven't had to change our staffing or anything like that at all. Um, but to get back to the early days, um, yeah, initially we had that. We had um, clients who we would, you know, edit um, just 
things that would go on their website, things like that. Um, nonprofits who were doing training series. I remember we spent some time um, editing the scripts for those. And honestly, how the vast majority of these came in the door is through our existing professional contacts and relationships. So I had been a professional grant writer at that point for um, two years and had already established some great working relationships. Also, it helped that, you know, I, I had some great relationships through um, alumni and through my university and um, just people who had gone to school with who were doing amazing things and was able to connect with them. So um, in the beginning, it all really was word of mouth and just sort of like reaching out in non-threatening ways. And I was super guilty of like underselling myself all the time. A lot of it was just to like get portfolio stuff, you know, but, um, so that was kind of a picture of the early days. And then, um, in 2013, I left my last paid salary job with another organization. Um, and at that point, you know, it was time to elevate this thing beyond just the occasional resume. (laughs) (laughs) So, that's the point at which I began. Um, and at that point also it was no longer a conflict of interest for me to be doing grant writing for other organizations. Cause that's what I had been doing in my previous job. So, um, the nonprofit world is just incredibly relationship based. Um, I don't know necessarily more so than the business. I don't think that's fair to say, but, um, it's even in a, in a huge city like Houston, you know, you kind of know the same people, you know, and you run in the same circles and, if you have been able to establish those relationships and have, um, you know, just like really good, um, contacts, then, you know, you can kind of go anywhere with that. And that's what I did. I chose to go out on my own. And my goal at the time was to work with as many different kinds of nonprofits as I could, because I had already worked with a hospital and a museum, but I was interested in working with universities, which I've done. Um, I was interested in working with environmental nonprofits, which I did, um, all sorts of groups. And so initially we sort of had that arm and then the marketing arm, But it's really been in the last year that we've realized that what all of this has in common is messaging and not just messaging for anyone, but messaging for businesses and nonprofits that are all for purpose or purpose driven. So even if a company is for profit, um, we really exclusively work with businesses that donate a a portion of their revenue to nonprofits or that are fundamentally improving people's lives. Um, for instance, healthcare or, um, education, even if it's not necessarily a place where somebody would get a degree, if they're actually being able to learn something that betters their life or like, like life coaching or business coaching. Um, these, these are people who are really, focused on serving their clients. And that's who we love to work with because those people are just amazing. They're fun. They're doing incredible things. They have incredible ethics. Um, they're just like uplifting, you know, and it's honestly, it makes our job easy because they do such amazing stuff that finding messaging for them that's powerful is like a piece of cake because they're doing so much. They just don't know how to articulate it. So, you know, it's, it's all like win, win. And, and that's sort of been the, the shift over time. Yeah, no, that makes sense. And 
Whenever you're working with some of these clients, obviously, I'm sure it ranges on exactly what the deliverables are, whether or not you're just rewriting their website or helping them on their social media communication or their blogging or their email strategy or whatever. Uh, but do you have like an average length of time that you guys work with clients? Um, it depends. So they're like, particularly for the grant writing folks and um, development. And when I say development, I mean nonprofit development. It's a different kind of development from Josh's development, my husband, but um, which is software. But um, those clients, that tends to be long term. So I've had several of those clients for years and have we've had um, we've worked with a cancer nonprofit um, that is just doing amazing things out of Southeast Texas um, really for over two years now. Um, also a, a school within um, UT Health, which has been doing amazing things and they're really changing the face of medicine, we believe. And it is just so gratifying to work with them, especially over the long term, because we can really help them with their strategy and their messaging like for a long game and and in a way that they can see the results over time and that you know they whatever their goal is that we can actually make sure that that happens and adjust as things you know continue to change and morph and grow over time um but for the mo the majority of our clients it tends to be like a two to six week engagement typically um, so that would be something smaller, like, um, yeah, just like rewriting their website or creating one from scratch or, um, right. Creating an email sequence, um, creating, um, annual fund, um, mailings and solicitations for nonprofits that we love. So, um, that would probably be about the length of time for that. And then the other branch of our business, which I kind of just briefly mentioned, but haven't really talked about otherwise is our teaching side. So, um, Jesse, as I mentioned before, has an education background, but we've been able to use that and leverage that to also offer, um, a lot of really, we think great free value, but also some, some paid courses and some, um, you know, tutorials and things like that, that can help people do this on their own. So it's less of an investment on their part. And they also learn a valuable skill. And, um, you know, it's great for us too, because that increases our social proof and it increases the loyalty of our clients. Cause if they go through, um, a course with us and it went really well for them and they learned they're more likely to refer people to us or to come back to us later when they have a bigger project that they really do want a professional touch on. Totally. How, how has communication been with Jesse while you guys have been out on the road? Like, has that been difficult? How, do, how often do y'all have meetings? Cause right now, uh, with campground booking, I've got my two business partners, Bob and Paul, and we're all full-time RVers. And so it's like, we're on Slack all the time, messaging back and forth and, uh, you know, jumping into appear.in, which is kind of like join me or Skype or something, but it's what we use for demos. So how do you guys, how, how are you communicating, uh, on a day-to-day -day basis? Yeah. So with each other, um, we are on Google, all things Google all the time. Um, if Google goes away, we are lost, <laughs> <laughs> but we, um, we will text each other or I am each other, I guess on Google Hangouts. Um, we do 99% of our work in Google drive with like docs and whatever else we need, usually docs, but that is an amazing tool for anyone, but especially for people who are remote, because you can actually see each other typing 
in it. And you can, um, you have like one document that's cloud-based rather than like sending a Word document back and forth. And then there's like 5,000 iterations of it. So that is probably our number one most used tool. Um, as far as doing like the coursework that we do and it has a video component or when we do a video conference with, um, with a client or a customer, um, we actually use Zoom which we are really liking. It's not a free service, but it does everything that we wanted for our tutorials and for our meetings. And it's not, it's not a high cost. And so that's been really great. But we just in terms of internal strategy, we instituted this year weekly meetings on Mondays. And um, that's been a great way for us to, um, we just get on Google Hangouts and we do video conferencing or if if I'm in a place with sketchy internet, then <laughs> we cut off the video and just do voice. Or if we have to, we'll use the phone, of course. Um, but yeah, that's been a really great way for us to stay in touch and to start the week with like set goals. And we know what we want to accomplish that week. And then um, the other thing that we're doing is we're meeting about two times a year in person for a business retreat. And that's when we really hone in on what our strategy is going to be um, in the upcoming year. So um, the first time we did that, um, we Josh and I were near uh, Olympia, Washington. And Jesse's based out of Los Angeles. And so she just flew up into Seattle. Um, I picked her up with the car and we drove to Vancouver, BC and had, um, we just got an Airbnb and we just like hustled on the business for a week and got very little sleep. And <laughs> it was a great time actually. <laughs> and, um, we're about to do that again, actually tomorrow, we're going to be heading up to Cleveland, um, to have where she is now. So it's kind of whoever's sort of semi stationary or in a more interesting place. <laughs> That's where we, we head. And, um, it's just a good way to sort of touch base and it works well for us, but also because, you know, she's my hiking buddy and it's just a chance <laughs> for us to like hang out and, and like just have fun. So we have kind of a different business relationship than maybe a lot of people with their business partner because we're also just like very good friends. Yeah, that's awesome. Uh, so the last question I have for you is, uh, I ask this on each episode, but what does success look like for you in this lifestyle? I know you guys are going to continue RVing and traveling and you're working on scaling up your business. So what does success look like for you? Totally. Um, yeah. So I think for me, it's all about flexibility and I, you know, can't answer that for everybody, but for myself, um, being able to RV has meant flexibility in where I am, who I'm interacting with, you know, what I'm seeing, what I'm eating, where, you know, what I'm experiencing. And that has been huge. And the fact that, you know, the technology allows me to work on the road is something I just like still am kind of in shock that I'm able to make this work and that, you know, it's working for so many people and it's just, it's a perfect time for it. Um, but I think that the flexibility also comes on the business side that running my own business means that I can be flexible in terms of who I work with. I mean, I've been known to fire clients in the past and I've been known to, you know, I choose the clients that I want to work with. Jesse and I choose them together and we're intentional about that. And the fact that we can do that is amazing. And the fact that I can choose to 
um, write for a living and not just write anything, but write what I want to write. And also, um, you know, talk about, or we talk about like how we're going to be flexible with our income strategies. So are we going to be focusing mostly on client work this quarter, or are we going to be focusing on building up these courses for more passive revenue streams? And like the fact that all of that can happen all at once. And I mean, it may be, some people might say, I think that means you're a control freak. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> but like to me, it is it is about flexibility. It means I can set my hours. It means I can be where I want to be. It means I can do what I want to do. And that's like incredible. I kind of cannot believe that's my life. And, you know, for, for us now at this point, that does mean that flexibility means also just like having a place where if we want to just chill out for a little bit, we can. So, um, yeah, it's it's all part of I think the same theme and this grand scheme to just keep exploring and also to do it in a sustainable way that feels good for both of us and um, continues to grow the business, but also is fulfilling for us personally. I love it, Marie. Well, thank you so much for taking the time being on the show and sharing your journey. Uh, where can people learn more about you? Um, so the best place to probably learn more about us and um, my business and also Josh's and my travels is at ardentcamper.com. Um, we're currently in the middle of a rebrand with my business. So I hesitate to give out the business name now because for evergreen purposes, that may be changing soon. But um, if you head to our about page and you see the picture of me, um, then you can yeah, head there to the business page if you're interested in more about that and learning wow. more about that. Awesome. We'll link up to Arden Camper and y'all's Instagram and all that good stuff. So thank you. Thanks again for being on the show with me, Marie, and uh, we'll talk soon. Thanks. It was a lot of fun. Hey guys, thanks so much for tuning in to the show today. If you want to grab the show notes, uh, all the things that Marie and I talked about on today's podcast, head on over to heathandalyssa.com forward slash episode 33. Uh, that's episode spelled out in the number 33. You can find all the things that we talked about and mentioned on the show over there. Also, if you haven't already done so, subscribe to The RV Entrepreneur in iTunes and it'll help the iTunes gods push our podcast up to a higher level. And plus, when if you've been waiting for me to email you or to see our podcast on social media or whatever, uh, you don't have to do that because when you're subscribed, it automatically updates your feed with a new podcast episode so you don't have to wait for you know me to blast you on social media or in your email for you to read it. Uh, and I will also bug you about leaving a review in iTunes if you haven't done so already. It really, really does help more people find the show when, everybody, when anybody takes a second to leave a review in there and I read all of them and I'm super grateful for you guys. So thanks for being a part of this podcast. Thanks for being a part of this community and I'll see you guys next time on the RV Entrepreneur your podcast.